Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 316 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. Today's topic is sciatic flossing, practical tips for sciatic relief. We're going to be talking about what sciatic flossing is, who's appropriate for sciatic flossing, how to perform it, and a few tips to optimize the technique and so much more. But if you don't mind holding a moment, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. You've all seen the name Chattanooga in rehab clinics. Chattanooga has been a staple for all your traditional clinical equipment needs, and they are now carrying modalities including high-powered laser, focus shockwave, and radial pressure wave devices. These modalities have the ability to transform your practice from both a clinical and revenue standpoint. Trust me, I have patients traveling over an hour to come have radial pressure wave treatment in our clinic. Click the link in the show notes to request a quote, schedule an in-person demo, or get more information on their new modalities. You can also visit their website at www.lightforcemedical.com. Welcome back, everyone. So first thing I want to mention is a huge thank you to Scott, Dan, Leanne, and all the others who um, sent uh, some responses after our last episode. I asked about doing descriptive podcasts and episodes uh, like the last one where we were going to detail on how to perform a certain technique or or do a certain orthopedic exam or something like that. And um, the feedback was great. So thank you so much for that. It really helps. Uh, how I, you know, develop the podcast and and how we move forward with this. Um, so today is going to be a very similar podcast. We're going to be chatting about sciatic flossing, and I'm going to give you a description on how to do that. But first of all, you know, I want to talk a little bit about how I used to envision sciatic flossing and how I do it now. And I have to be honest with you, I was very skeptical about sciatic flossing in the past, um, just because I would see so many patients who had sciatica who went to other clinics, and then they came to us for a second opinion, and they said that more often than not, they were given aggressive hamstring stretching, and um, because they had tight hamstrings, and they always felt worse when they left. They said, you know, I, I do these exercises at home. I feel worse. I left the clinic. I felt worse. And uh, they were really pushing uh, on the hamstring stretching because there was some limitation there, um, not knowing that they were just causing themselves some more damage. So um, at that point, I would, you know, I started to completely avoid doing end range hip flexion with a fully extended knee and patients felt better. It wasn't aggravating their symptoms and, and making them worse. But over time, I had also seen a number of patients who had lumbar spine surgery for radiculopathy, so basically a herniated disc or some nerve root compression because of foraminal closure or whatnot. And um, a number of them still had radicular symptoms uh, and usually pain and paresthesia going down the leg even after surgery. Most people get some immediate relief if it's isolated to one level and it's the nerve root that's being compressed. But there are many people out there who just continue to have this kind of pain and paresthesia down the leg. So then I started looking at, you know, what is the cause of this? And, and really, it comes down to nerves not liking to be stretched. 
All right. They're not like muscles. They're not like tendons. They don't like to be pulled on. You need to think of them almost like, um, you know, like a wire, a copper wire that has a plastic coating around it. Um, you know, you can slide that plastic wire into and out of all the holes in the studs of your wall. Um, but if it gets stuck, let's say in a crack and you try to pull on it, there's really no give there. You might feel a little bit of play, but when you pull it like in a linear fashion, um, there really isn't a lot of give. And if you pull too hard, you're going to damage it. And so nerves are meant to slide and glide amongst soft tissues, not be pulled really hard. Uh, you need to remember that the sciatic nerve travels basically from the lower lumbar region uh, and upper sacral region is where it comes together. Um, and it, it passes near the upper glutes along the hamstrings and then it divides into the tibial nerve and common perineal nerve and again down you know near the calf muscles and lateral ankle and lateral foot and uh, leg muscles and so they're in contact with a lot of soft tissue now if there's some adhesion between the sciatic nerve and the surrounding soft tissues um, whenever the soft tissues are stretched the sciatic nerve becomes tensioned okay and I've used this example in the past let's say that you have a t-shirt on and you put some glue on it then you throw a sweater on top of that and you let it dry. If you pull on the sweater, the t-shirt will go with you. So think of these adhesions between the sciatic nerve and the surrounding soft tissue. If you pull on the soft tissue, you're going to be pulling and tensioning the sciatic nerve, and it does not like that. So if you tension it too long, um, it can very easily agitate the nerve and cause quite a bit of pain and paresthesia. So who is the appropriate candidate for sciatic flossing? Well, it's pretty much almost anybody who has radiculopathy, especially with a straight leg raise test or a braggart sign. So you do the straight leg raise test, you dorsiflex the foot, they have this, you know, pain or paresthesia go down the leg. Um, you know, those folks are good candidates for it. Now, sciatic flossing will not cure everybody who has a herniated disc and uh, radiculopathy, okay, because you have a compressive problem there. So the sciatic nerve can be agitated in several ways. It can be compressed. Um, it could be inflamed. There could be swelling that causes compression. Um, and uh, then there is this immobility, okay, this, this stretch of the sciatic nerve. So think about all those other things. If you have something that's compressing it, well, it's compressing it. Um, you need to remove that. Uh, like I tell people, you can ride your bike if you have a slightly flat tire, but you can't continue riding your bike if the forks are going across the spokes and they're, they're, they're hitting, or, you know, if there's a stick in the spokes and it's hitting the forks, um, you're, you're going to be stuck. You've got to take that out. You need to remove that. So sometimes surgery is inevitable, but sciatic flossing is definitely something I do with most people who have had, uh, some sort of decompressive lumbar surgery and they do well with that. Um, the key, though, is to teach it the right way. And and of all the exercises that I teach people, this is probably the one of the one of the hardest that patients have have difficulty with in regards to replicating it. Okay, so I can teach them in the clinic, and they'll do great with it. They'll go home, they'll do it at home, they'll come back, and I'll ask them to demonstrate it, and they're doing it completely wrong. Okay, even if I do send them home with, um, you know pictures. And so this is why I always, you know, send them to my video on YouTube. I'll say, if you get stuck, just YouTube my name and sciatic flossing and it'll come up and it gives a step-by-step -step demonstration on how to do it. And, and I'll link that video in today's show notes so you can take a look at that. Um, 
There are a couple different ways of doing it. You can do it supine, or you can do it sitting. Um, I like to do it supine, but uh, I have had patients who are just not able to do it in that position. So I am going to be uh, doing a video real soon here on how to do it in the seated position. So let's just walk through how we do sciatic flossing, just so you can understand it a little bit better. And then I'm going to talk about some tips while you're doing it to just make it better for the patient. So I get the patient supine. Um, I have them keep one leg, the contralateral side or the unaffected side, flat on the table. If they cannot do that because of back pain, um, I'll let them flex that knee a little bit. Really, this is all about finding the position of the affected side and working in that range better. So um, the, the, the unaffected side could be wherever as long as you're doing the affected side the right way. So they're supine. You take the affected leg. You have them clasp their hands behind the knee, okay, so in the popliteal space. And then you just have them flex the knee around that hand, okay, so that the foot and ankle are just kind of suspended. They're not on the table. Uh, head position can be important and can make a difference here. If they're flexing the neck um, quite a bit, that can already put them in neural tension. So, um, you know, trying to find a comfortable position for that head, I usually like to have them uh, on a pillow, and uh, then you can kind of work from there. The more they are extended, the less neural tension they'll get down the leg. Um, so the knee is flexed. Your hands are behind the knee. Uh, I then will have them dorsiflex the ankle. And while the ankle stays dorsiflexed, this is important. They have to continue to dorsiflex the ankle as they extend the knee till they find some sciatic tension. Okay. And they're going to get this cord-like might be a zinging sensation. It might be some increased paresthesia, um, but it has to be light. So they get to that point where they feel that tension. I From there, they're still in dorsiflexion. You're going to have them flex the knee about a half inch, okay, so that they're just coming off of that tension. And this is where people, you know, really lose the effect. They flex too much. They might come down like three inches from where they were. Um, it is really just a little bit off of that tension point. From there, you, you have them hold that tibia right in that position, and then they pump the ankle. So they'll plantar flex, and they'll dorsiflex five times. Okay. Now here's a little tip you need to explain to them that there should be less tension when they're in the plantar flex position and more of that cord like tension when they're in dorsiflexion and that should be temporary. And that's where you're getting that sliding and gliding of that sciatic nerve through the soft tissues. So it's not a long tension and it's not enough to aggravate the nerve, but it's enough to get it sliding and gliding. Okay. Another tip is for patients, they always think that if they push harder when they're doing some sort of a stretch, it's better. Um, this is not the case when you're doing sciatic uh, flossing or um, you're doing any other nerve flossing in that matter. It's not important to push through it. It's got to be light. It's got to be easy. When they're in dorsiflexion, they feel a little cord-like tension. When they're in plantar flexion, it lets off. Once they have pumped the ankle five times um, to a max plantar flexion, max dorsiflexion, you keep the hands there. You just let the leg drop, uh, and the knee will flex around the hands, and then they take a little bit of a break. Then you start that over by dorsiflexing the ankle, extending the knee to the tension point. You back off by about a half inch and then you pump again five times and you do that five repetitions now 
Um, I have to say that of all the videos that I've done, which is over 500 of them on my YouTube channel, this particular video is the one that I probably get the most positive comments on. Like people who have had sciatica for a couple of years, they've tried all kinds of stuff, all kinds of treatment. They do nerve gliding and they get this significant relief of pain and paresthesia right off. Um, and then I also get lots of great comments on the upper extremity nerve gliding ones also. Um, and so I have found that sciatic flossing is very beneficial it's not harmful when done well, and um, people can really see some relief with that, and it's it's amazing. It may not take care of all of their discomfort, but it can surely you know settle some of that down. So um, give sciatic flossing a try with your patients and he, uh, see how they do. Thanks again for listening. Uh, send me your questions for the show. Please give me a rating and review, and that just really helps to um, you know. Rank us with others out there. And if you'd uh, like to support the show, just click on the link in the show notes. And I greatly appreciate that. That just helps us with uh, all of our uh, equipment and time and uh, everything that we do to uh, continue this uh, show for you so we can bring you this content to make you feel much more comfortable with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. And as always, be kind to each other and take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.